So let's back up and slow down for a second. If you've been following along, there was a bit of a jump back there. Either that or my crash was more of a speed bump, and I was back up and running very quickly. One minute I quit church, the next minute I'm coaching someone else on what they should do with their spiritual life. I guess in some ways that that is what happened. But the intervals were much more insecure and wounded. I, I might have gone on an adventure to New York, but there was a lot of hurt I was running from. I didn't really address all the reasons why or where I was now going. I think when you deal with this kind of pain, you, you can't think too far ahead. You just do what's right in front of you. And I think God can work very effectively in a situation like that. I, I don't think you're fighting forward as much. You're more in a cautious, defensive position. It's almost like you're a wounded animal, but you, you still need food, so you limp forward. Also, every experience along the way was like one giant masterpiece painted by God because I never could have understood or planned this all out for, for myself. I think of it as some of the best times of my life, even though they're, they are some of the most complex and confusing. That's why I'm writing and recording a podcast about it. That and the hope that this honest look can help others. Okay, so I leave New York City a little bummed. I had a nice time with a pretty girl, but instead of starting our future together, um, I realized that we have very little in common. A couple of months later is when I, I'll write that letter to her um, after I patiently tried to process and communicate to her in the most loving and respectful way. Um, I think it's funny, too. She was a girl I liked, so that probably helped me, you know, with my tone while writing. Um, you know, you don't want to burn every bridge in life. Who knows when the pretty girl wants to walk back across. So the next stop I had planned was a trip to Albany for New Year's. Um, I had a special friend up there who looks like he could be my twin and a group of really good people that I had met once or twice. Um, we had lots of similar connections and they would have been from the same Christian background. Um, but the difference was, though they had long ago like embraced current Christian culture, I was a little, a little bit hesitant. This was not my forte. So they were fluent with, you know, things like worship music and doing things by the Spirit. Uh, for all I could tell, last time they were seeing fruit too. Uh, people seem to be getting healed. Um, they seemed fired up for God. One of the guys, he came to mind while I was driving during the holidays. So I called him up and we actually had a really good conversation about life. Um, he came from more of a broken life filled with sleeping around and trying to fill the void with alcohol and drugs. He's a tall, blonde Adonis. So he probably could have done that you know, for quite some time. But he turned from it on his own. Uh, my background was the exact opposite. I was always the good boy. I was a virgin who didn't drink much or rarely went to bars even. Uh, I always envied some aspects of that life he had, especially the girls, uh, hence the trips to the strip club, uh, my current education path. Uh, well, I talked to him briefly and just got honest about being frustrated and hurt and confused and lost and just gave him a quick overview. I didn't even get into details, but I told him that I was starting to turn. It was just hard to know what to go back to or to try this whole life again or where I was headed. I kept remembering one aspect of his story, and that was that he thought of himself as the prodigal son who returned to a rejoicing father. I appreciated that, but 
I never could relate with that. And I think I told him as much. He added something to my journey right there that I hope to never forget. He said it, it actually sounds like you identify much more with the other brother who stayed home. You've been so good and you expected so much, but you missed the whole relationship with God. It hit like a rock breaking through some ice and it plunged deep into my heart. I knew he was right, even though I had read that story a thousand times before and could tell all the details, I missed the point. I thanked him and went on my journey still, realizing I, I wasn't going back to what I had before. I had to go on to something new, and I, and I hoped it would be better. So I arrive in Albany, get some time with my friend. That was good. Then we go off to a New Year's Eve party that that group was throwing. It was good to catch up with him. And and the talk that I had with that one guy was really great. Um, but things were a little off. Um, for me, and you know, even seeing my friend, it just seemed like there wasn't, something wasn't right. He, he seemed a little worn thin. Um, I asked if, you know, church stuff was going well, and he said it was okay. So I went to that night a little wary, and but I was also really excited to be around people with similar backgrounds who'd gone a totally different path than I had. Maybe they figured it out, and I could learn from them now. I don't think that was the case. I, I went to the New Year's Eve party, and, and I found out, yeah, they went a, a different direction, and, and they... I think they went too far almost. Um, they went off into a territory that I wasn't comfortable with. Maybe it's right for them. And I do see some things that were great and that were wonderful. But I don't know. They, they basically went through an emotional roller coaster that night. And I think they were in an artistic in a way that I, I, I couldn't relate with. <laughs> I think we started at 8 and played like four hours of worship music and it just repeated over and over again in a, in a small living room with really unique mix of people um and and the songs i didn't know them like they did everyone seemed to know them but they didn't like have like the really content filled parts just things like we praise you i had a ton to learn about praise coming from just a hymns background, but something about this was off-putting and just weird. I was exhausted and just trying to find a place to land. There were other rooms I could have gone, and they were filled with activities like finger painting and let the spirit guide you and find your vision for the new year. Um, there was one, there was a girl who would help you determine your vision uh, for the new year, like your, your New Year's resolution but the god version um that one intrigued me because uh my friend said that she was she was a wonderful person um but i mean it's still kind of weird <laughs> i remember walking by the room once or twice and she was like hi are you here to see me and i was like nope just passing through <laughs> so, oh man yeah people would be doing like a whole wide range of worship and you know, sometimes I got a good conversation in, but a lot of it didn't connect with me. So I made it through the night 
and I asked my twin, hey, can I just crash at your house? I didn't want to stay there like I had planned. Saw my brother leave today, I didn't say goodbye I know what he is thinking, I know what he is like He's gonna waste all that he has before he even knows He doesn't deserve it anyways, so might as well let him go Well, so that party and that group of people, that wasn't it either. And uh, I, was, I was more than a little bummed and weirded out from the experience, actually. I even, I, I, I probed my friend a little bit more. Okay, so what was that girl doing in the room where she was helping people? And he told me flat out that, that she was a prophetess and, and that she could help me if I wanted. Now... I did say that I was weirded out by the night, but I mean, I wasn't done trying new things. I actually got her number and I sent her a text message and figured out a time when I could call her back um, during my ride home. Um, before I talked with her though, I, I actually got to stop by some friends at a, a church camp north of New York City. I had taken a group of college students there as a service trip, and, and they were some of the realest people I had ever met. I really look forward to reconnecting with them and seeing how they were. I, I knew I wasn't in a perfect spot, and I had just experienced one side of the spectrum, but it would be good to see them. I, I got to the camp in the afternoon, started hanging out with the camp director. He's a wise and warm man who always considers his words before he speaks. But he's also very real and very honest. I started catching up with him, and there just seemed to be a lot of things that clicked. I mentioned the Timothy Keller teaching, and he immediately was like, I know that teaching. I love Timothy Keller. That was kind of a shock to me. I started talking about my time of hitting some sort of breaking point and having to wade through this dark time. And he also kind of understood that, too. He's like, it sounds like you're going through the wall. I was like, yeah, wait, what? what, what wall? He, he then told me about uh, emotionally healthy spirituality and the stages of discipleship. Um, basically, there's, there's six stages. There's a whole book on it that you would have to read, and I'll probably be quoting it from it because this is pretty important to my journey. But stages three and four has something in between, and, and it's called The Wall. This sounded like something from Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones at first, but I listen. Basically, most of the Christians in this world start at the same place and go through a similar progression. Usually, they kind of stay in an emotionally immature place where they just keep cycling through the attempts to navigate this uncontrollable world and rocky Christian life. Oh, I'm dealing with sin. I need to read more. Oh, I need to serve more. I need to believe. I need to pray more. All of these things are good things, but 
I think there's a basic misunderstanding of how life works and what to expect. In order to break us of these habits, basically God has to run us into a brick wall that doesn't move. And two things can happen. We either bounce off of it and try again all the things that we've tried before. Or we get to a place where we are emotionally humble enough that we embrace the wall and go through the veil, not backwards. I was enthralled while he talked. I, again, I had been thrown so many different directions. So this, this could just be hocus pocus, but also maybe it was right. I talked more with him about why I was frustrated. And I also talked about, you know, how I couldn't relate with my friends from the previous group. They all seemed to be handling life fine, and, and my brokenness was on full display. I knew hiding was not what I wanted to do, but it made me stick out like a sore thumb. <sighs> I got tired of that. And I, I said, you know, for my friends that are in leadership, I was like, well, you know, it's tough for them. They're leaders, and it's, it's tough for them to be honest and share what things they're struggling with or even be aware of it in themselves. People are expecting them to be examples, and they can't show their feelings or disappointments or doubts. He looked at me and said something that also changed my journey. He just asked. He just... He asked, does it have to be that way? What if they were open and honest with their sin, and, and but they were still mature? I think that... That, again, hit me like an arrow to the heart. Maybe examples I saw brought frustration because something was wrong. Maybe I needed something different in my life. So I left there challenged and intrigued. Maybe I was starting to understand my journey better than I had thought. Maybe the confusion is right where I needed to be. Maybe it was building something in me, something greater than I didn't realize. I didn't know for sure, but I did start to hope. So I'm, I'm on the road back to Hershey, and the scenic drive through the mountains was beautiful. I called the prophetess and asked her about what she was uh, doing that night. <laughs> we briefly chatted about things. I learned the gist. Um, she believed she saw a vision where God called her to be a prophetess. And that that meant she would see visions and messages from God, and they would be to help others. And she she could help me if she, if I wanted. There was kind of a humility in her words, and I could tell that she knew that she sounded crazy. But she was trying her best to just do what she thought was right. I said, well, I'm up for trying this. I mean, what do we do? Just, she told me, just pray a prayer to God about your life, and I'll see if I see anything while you're praying, and I'll let you know afterwards. I'm, I'm pretty fond of praying, and I let out some pent-up emotions in a heartfelt prayer. I just got a chance to thank God for everything that I had in my life, and I asked him to give me peace and help me see what was next where I was going and what he was working. I can't remember exactly what I said, but I can tell you that what happened next was not a parlor trick 
where I gave enough details to her for her to know what to say to me. She started off kind of timidly and said, whoa, uh, wh where, where would we begin? Um, okay, um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you the first thing I saw and, and if that's right, then we can go from there. And I said, that sounded fine. Okay, so I saw you standing outside of a house, looking up and wall by wall, the house was torn down in front of you and you were just standing in the rubble. You were alone and afraid, like being uncovered and, and completely uncomfortable. She said, what I think God was telling me through that vision was that he was tearing down the walls that you had put him in and that you are now naked and afraid because you didn't have a certainty of who he was or what was happening anymore. Now, I know it sounds like a trick or that these were just simple words that someone could have strung me along with, but something in them hit very, very deep within my soul. I, I instantly couldn't even help myself. I started crying. Something about the imagery and the meaning helped me connect the dots in a way that I had never before. She asked, does that sound right? And I said, through my tears, yes. Please, go on. She told me two more things that I, I remember. There was probably some more, but... One thing that she told me I thought I'd already experienced, and the other thing I thought for sure, sure I knew what it meant. She told me that this year God would be doing a work on the inside of me. The change wouldn't be seen on the outside, but something within me would be changed by God. This was the one that I thought was already done. I, I was like, well, been there, done that. Thanks for the confirmation, though. Um, let's just say I was wrong. <laughs> the second one was that all the pain that I had gone through in life would make sense this year. Th this one immediately made me think of marriage. <laughs> Maybe all the pain and disappointments re with relationships were finally going to result in a perfect match. One that I could probably tote as my gift from God for enduring all the hardships I had lived through. That one would be a little different, but it definitely affected my story more than the other one. So I came back from my trip amazed at the experience of the past couple days. I started calling life an adventure and a journey after that, and I haven't stopped since. Told you he'd come back With his tail between his legs What a failure he's become Just look at his disgrace Why are we now celebrating his return? No, I don't want to join I just want what I deserve So January had now come, and it was time to go back to fellowship. Um, so any friends that had reached out while I had taken my little break, I told them I was coming back in January. And um, 
you know, I was interested to go back to see, you know, what these newfound developments would mean. And, you know, with people that I cared so, you know, cared about and they cared about me. It wasn't a smooth transition. Maybe that seems obvious to you, but for me, it wasn't. I went back to fellowship and I felt really uncomfortable. It was like I was in a shell and nothing could reach me. It was so odd. I, I went to a meeting that had brought me so much joy just months before, and now it just fell flat. That was disheartening. People were happy to see me, but again, it just made me feel even more awkward and uncomfortable. I would go to these fellowships on Friday nights or Sunday mornings, and it just wasn't the same. I wasn't the same anymore. In all that emotion and thoughts of adventure, and journeys. I got a crazy idea. I found out about a conference for creatives. And uh, it, this one was in Sydney, Australia at the Hillsong Church. I'd always wanted to go to Australia. And I love to write songs. So why not? And I didn't really have anything holding me back. I, I just lost, you know anything that tied me down and, and I was a little bit unsure where I was going. So it'd be nice to make a new goal for myself. And, uh, yeah, I just decided to go on a trip of a lifetime because why not? Here's a prayer that I prayed after making the decision to go to Australia. Father, I'm a little lost. I like the idea of a new adventure. I like the idea of a new challenge. I'd like to go to Australia just because I've always wanted to go. I don't want to make this the new vision of my life or that supersedes everything else. I don't even know what I need or where I'm going. I just feel a little lost. Please help me get out of this funk. I'm very cautious with my heart and life right now. Some people would love more, but I'm so unsure that it's tough to take steps forward. People are so used to just seeing me at fellowship, but I don't want to go much right now. There's something about it that activates my pride. I think how great I am and how much worse everyone else is. I just want a humble heart filled with thankfulness for life, for my Savior's death, for the beautiful people in my life. They're all works of art. I, they're not here to prop me up. They're not there to be used. They're there to be loved, to be cherished. I don't feel comfortable at fellowship. Most people are very sweet and want to help me, but I don't want help. I feel like others will just think that things are problems, and I think of them as growing pains that are necessary. I, I want to rejoice in salvation again. I want to be thankful for righteousness. I want to dive freely into community and really feel satisfied with my life and heart. Thank you for the newness of who I am. Thank you for the spirit and who you've made me as your son. I spent a lot of time not being me, not truly seeking you. How do I come out of this time period legitimately changed? I don't, I don't just want good stories. I want a good life. 
I want to stop being so serious and just have some happiness and joy again. Thank you, Father, for your love for me. Thank you for walking hand in hand with me through this season and every season of my life. You are my God, and I am your son. Show me a greater view of you. Help me to love you. I'm tired of uncertainty. I'm tired of confusion. I'm tired of the lack of direction. I'm tired of the emptiness. I'm tired of the pain and the frustration. It didn't always used to be this way. Life was simpler in the past when life was driven. I might not have been going in the right direction, but I was at least going somewhere. And I had purpose and fire. I had dreams. I want, I want to know from you where I should go to church. Each day is currently up for grabs each week. I see now why community is so important, but also I see the detrimental side of hero worship. I, I need encouragement, but I need to keep humble. I need to drop the pride. I, I thought I was done, but apparently not yet. Please keep working on me. I'll just stay here working until I reach the end And every day I'll wake up to do it all again Cause that's what sons do when they really love their dad They give to him all that they have During this time period, I thought of a friend from the past that I hadn't seen in a while. He'd been connected with the fellowship before I moved to town, but then he had mysteriously left. He was the friend that walked away. Even from Columbus, I had sent him an email trying to challenge him to go back to fellowship and to recommit. Now that I was going through my own struggles, I couldn't help but think of him and wonder if what I had did in the past was right. Honestly, I never felt right about what I had said. Here's a letter that I wrote to him. Friend that walked away. I've, I have lots of emails and letters to write right now, but yours is next in line. I hope that I can capture all that I've wanted to say for a while, but also it's just been an interesting process these past couple of years. I'm at a different place every day, and it's been a fun journey with God. I hope you can say the same. The last interaction we had was that email back and forth about fellowship and committing. You know, I've never stopped thinking about that and wondering if that was right or not. It pained me to think that I'd fucked up, but I was never sure. In some ways, with the way I believe God works, maybe a fuck up was exactly what was needed for the time. But as time goes on, things change and you're ready for the next step. I think I definitely had a different point of view at the time. And there's some assumptions that I made that were wrong. Recently, I was sitting by your brother and I, I'd been thinking of you and asked him if you had a church you were going to. It was really encouraging and awesome to hear that you were part of a church that you had grown up in and 
that you've been going there for a while. I think you must feel at home there and are blessed to be there again. The biggest assumption that I made was that you were going off just to do your own thing without anyone. That was my fault for assuming and not asking. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about me and what's been going on since we last talked and what, what prompted this email. About the time I emailed you a while ago, I was living in Columbus and I was still trying to make things work with my old church. It was a, plain, a painful place and I had spent so much of my life and time there that I tried with everything in me to change things for the better, but it, it was an uphill battle that I don't think people even wanted me to fight. Whether they knew it would be good for them to change with me or not, it, it was a legalistic place but I really did learn a ton of things there. And most of who I am as a Christian is still formed from my life there. But things drastically changed in my heart, and over time I grew less and less happy there. I eventually just wanted... I just went, went there to serve, but I never would bring any friends. I didn't want them to have to deal with the burdens that I had to navigate just about every fellowship I went to. Well, Harrisburg was my refuge. I went here to spend time with saints that were less uptight and more joyful. I received a ton of healing here and built some good friendships. When things needed to change, I asked God if I could move here, and he said yes. He basically let me do whatever I wanted. I just knew that he would be with me. Well, I said goodbye, and all my friendships with people in Ohio are still in process. I don't know how to keep up friendships with them, especially the ones that want to change me. I, I just take my time and heal so that I can love them without trying to change them or being frustrated about my past. So then I moved to, to Harrisburg, and the next year was the first part of the healing process. I, I dived into things with the fellowship and was truly blessed, and it's a good group of people that are really sweet. I made more friendships, and actually it was surprising how many new friendships I made out of town as well. One of them being your good buddy in Pittsburgh. Him and his wife have been amazing additions in my life. I, I love them dearly. But there was a next wave of trial that I wasn't prepared for, and that was being unemployed for an extended period of time. Now, I've had a job for the past five months, but basically before that I was bouncing around just trying to find whatever I could and spending my days at the library applying to jobs or doing self-study to beef up the resume. Eventually, without a job in sight, I broke and that was to a new level of exasperation. I had some great talks with my dad, and it was freeing to start thinking about moving to find work. Eventually things cooled down, and I did get a job, but I always wondered why God let that happen. Later, as in now, I, I think I'm starting to understand why. I still had a lot of growing to do. There were certain ways that I approached God that needed to be shown light. And as sweet as the fellowship was, there was a nagging at me that I had deep frustrations and they were only getting worse. Even after finally landing a job, I had hurt from my past. And I went through this long drought of not having work and I didn't feel like I connected with people at fellowship because none of them seemed to have much hurt going on in their hearts. I did. The lessons that I had to learn was that God humbles the prideful. Anytime I thought I deserved better in life, and that was completely opposed to loving God and being thankful to him for everything I, I already have. And trusting him 
to be good to me for the future, not my own merit. I had another big breaking point at Thanksgiving when I was back in Ohio. When I got to PA, I, I just took a huge break from everything, including God. And I was not ready to talk to him anymore. I just wanted to run from my problems and just live it up for a while. Well, that was, I was freeing. Um, and I do believe God came after me and showed me how much he truly cares for me. He also taught me the deep down lessons that I needed to learn, and I'm so thankful for. Those lessons are still in process, but I'm a different person again, and it's, it's been great to see God at work. Well, soon into this little break I took, God invited me to this church down in Lancaster that a co-worker work goes to. It was so perfect that I laughed out loud at one point when I knew what they were teaching, Ecclesiastes. And I went and talked with the pastor that first visit. I, I've been going there ever since, usually on Saturdays at 6. It's been life-giving, and I really love the worship and teaching. It's different than fellowship. It's exactly what I need right now. But because of all the people that love me, I've been going back to Sunday fellowships too. But there's something different. I'm not getting much out of it like I used to. It's just not reaching me like it, it was in the past. It's hard to explain it to others or even understand it myself, but it's where I'm at right now. I think that the sweet people of fellowship just don't know how to deal with tough times as well. It just doesn't fit into their view of God and, and life, and I can't help but follow what he's been teaching me. So I find it hard to connect with people there. Not everyone, but a lot. I just thought of you during this whole process and wondered if something similar happened to you. I wonder if you had tried to deal with this same kind of pull and dealt with the transition as best as you could for the moment. I'm reaching out to see where you're at and know a little bit more about what it's been like for you. So I was trying to fit things back together and all the pieces were not going back like they had before. I went to a Sunday morning fellowship where I even taught the children's Sunday school. I think it was one of my best times ever. I was teaching on Jesus going off into the wilderness to pray. I was peaceful and joyful. I understood and taught the subject in a way that focused on enjoying time with God. But when I joined all the adults afterwards, it was just more confusion and awkwardness. I guess I can't blame them. <laughs> they didn't they didn't really know how to handle me or the situation. It's just something didn't fit right anymore. And I was so confused. And I, it was so hurtful. 
It wasn't that they were trying to. I just hurt. Well, that afternoon and evening, I decided to go back to the strip club. It was a place to run away to. It was a place to hide in plain sight. I could be myself, but I didn't have to be me and deal with all my issues. I could just come here and talk to somebody, and they would be a pretty girl who would I <laughs> who I would see naked. Um, I hadn't come since that last time, and uh, I kind of swore it off, but here I was again. But lo and behold, there was the go-go dancer. <laughs> I kind of hoped she'd be there, but I never really knew it would actually come true. You know, even better, I mustered up the courage to ask her to come sit with me. She said yes. I had to kind of, I had to feed her money for her time. It's kind of weird to pay for talking with someone, but it, it actually eventually feels normal. Um, so here's the crazy part. We actually clicked well. Now, I know what you're thinking. In a strip club, there's a, there's a little game you play. And you get to be whoever you want to be. And a girl has to be charming and interesting. Most of the time, this was kind of so-so. I don't know. Every once in a while, though, like, you just clicked with someone. Just like you do in normal life. The conversation flows freely. I think that I even briefly got to see behind her mask of politeness and see what she really thought once or twice. That's what I think. We talked about movies, like Lady Bird, which had just come out a little bit before, or some of our favorite Disney movies growing up. We talked about family and where we lived. We, she was, she was living kind of far away, and she was living with her dad because she hated her mom, and she was reconnecting with him. And she took care of him, and he took care of her. She hated her mom and, and grandma because they were bitter and mean to her growing up. Here was the kicker. They made her go to church growing up and turned her off from the whole concept of God. They had caused her so much pain that she hated anything to do with them and God. She even actively talked about how she was not going to live a long life. That she was basically living in a way that would end sooner and she didn't want to live till she was old. She also talked about like a DUI that was being processed for her and that she would lose her license soon and wouldn't be able to work much longer, at least not without rides from her dad. I just didn't fully compute that entire conversation. I mean, I knew that I was sharing time and connecting with someone that turned out to have a very similar past to mine, but was just going a different direction. And... It, it didn't seem like it would end well or be a fun journey. There were other things that we talked about and enjoyed, but I don't know. For now, that's pretty much the gist of it. I, I, I got to connect and really see deeper into her life, and it made me a little sad, especially since I liked her so much. <laughs> I hatched this amazing plan afterwards so I didn't want to 
go to the strip club anymore. But I loved this girl or crushed on her and wanted to see her again. And I don't know, wanted her to be better. So I came back the following week and uh, I had this whole idea. Because you can't like, you can't like get each other's information. This isn't, that's not how this place works. You, you come in, they have a fake name. You don't get to know who they really are. You don't get to see them outside of this. So I'm trying to like covert ops, sneak in some information and, and break the rules. But I want to do it in a way that is respectful or that allows the person to not have to, I don't know, listen to my plan here. All right. I wanted to give her my email address and see if I could see her again to switch to massages. Not sexual, just normal massage. We talked about that. She just finished going to school for that. Now, here's what I did. I knew she couldn't directly give me contact information, so I thought of something slick. I made a new Gmail account for her, and I wrote down the username and password. Okay? This included, you know, where her name and like where she worked. And I sent an email to this account from mine before I even gave her the login information. So when she would log in, she would see the message waiting for her. Now she wasn't there that night. And I gave the slip of paper to a friend who told me she would give give it to her. And this is a crazy idea. And honestly, it's silly and hilarious that I tried to do something like this. It comes from a place of just naivete, I think. I don't know. It was just, I can't believe I shot for the moon with this one. But <laughs> the following week, I got a, I got a message from her in reply. And she declined. Uh, and it's just a little funny to look back at it. Um, it was just really crazy, you know, part of my journey. I don't know if she even remembered who I was exactly, you know, for all the different conversations she has. And But here is a, here's, here's a prayer from my journal right after receiving her email. The go-go dancer responded. This is probably it, so enjoy it while it lasts. Please help me to not go back to that club. I would love to keep up the dialogue and have her turn to you, God. <laughs> Crazy, right? I pray for the go-go dancer. I pray that she has hope once again. That the hurt received from Christian family members can be healed. And once again, she can believe in you. Eventually, Father, I pray that she stops dancing and turns to you instead. If there's anything I can do, please work in me and show me. Thank you for taking this situation that I stumbled into and making it better. Make it amazing. Make it healed and wonderful. Make my journey mean something. Give of my life to her, to anyone you need. I'll be taken care of. I already am. Thank you for the healing that's taking place. I feel like I'm forming into a new person. It's pretty amazing. I pray for this weekend and all the things you have planned for me. Lead me well, Father. I am yours.
Saw my brother leave today, I didn't say goodbye. I know what he is thinking, I know what he is like. He's gonna waste all that he has before he even knows. Doesn't deserve it anyways, so might as well let him go. And I'll just stay here working until I reach the end. Every day I'll wake up do it all again That's what sons do when they really love their dad Give to him all that they have Told you he'd come back With his tail between his legs What a failure he's become Just look at his disgrace So why are we now celebrating his return? No, I don't want to join I just want what I deserve Cause I just stayed here working Even though it will never end But every day I woke up do it all again Cause that's what sons do When they really love their dad Give to him all That they have Son, why are you out here alone? Son, why don't you come back home? To me, to me I saw you out working your fingers to the bone But what I really wanted is for you to know My love, my love So I'll just stay here waiting till you reach the end journey that you're taking without me as your friend son if you're ready to come back let me love you with all that I have son if you're ready to come back let me love you all that I have